So how long do you think that we can sincerely pray, God bless America? So that you know where we're going, I'm going to give you a few minutes of uh, inspiration and message. And then we're going to spend about uh, 15 or 20 minutes uh, in prayer. The first eight minutes just ask you to pray for those personal needs that you have. And then we're going to pray, of course, for government, etc. I cannot tell you, friend, the value of what we're doing tonight. Always in our planning, we kind of think about, okay, well, it's a holiday. It's a holiday. Do we even have church? Do we just cancel church on July 3rd and just let everybody party up and do their hot dogs and get ready and go see the fireworks? In my opinion, and that's why we're here tonight, that would be a mistake. As long as one person is willing to come and pray, there is hope for America. Amen? Absolute hope. Portion of Scripture that you are familiar with. I'm going to give you a lot if you want to take notes. If not, you certainly don't have to. If you want to take a snapshot, it is 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This scripture comes after Solomon, of course, is in leadership. It comes that the temple has been built. Solomon, of course, uh, had everything at his fingertips. His people, the people, of course, that David led, have in some cases been really rebellious. Solomon says, I'm going to have a gigantic sacrifice. He had about 22,000 cattle and about 120,000 sheep and goats that he brought in for the sacrifice at the temple. The Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, has been properly placed at the altar. And as it's been placed at the altar, they start the sacrifice that lasted for days. And then after that takes place, you, got, you have all the hoopla. You have all, wow, look at look how many animals we sacrificed. Look at the ark. Look at the splendor of this temple. And then God speaks to Solomon. And he said, let me, let me just talk to you. And he speaks to him in a very, very real way. And he said, all right, listen to me. I want you to know that I'm going to give you favor. My presence is going to reside here. My favor, my spirit, my heart, he says, is going to reside here. But then he makes this statement, but if my people, if those that you're leading decide that they no longer want to honor me, if they no longer want to do the things that they should do as opposed to what culture dictates, if they get to that place, he said, I will remove my presence from this temple. And what will happen, people will come by and say, wow, that's what used to be. Look at it now. He said, and if during the time that you are suffering or you are serving me, if, uh, if, if uh, hunger, hunger happens and famish and all that, you can come and I'll help you. But if you just fail, notice, to seek my face and to pray. And you just make an about face and you no longer hold what is precious, precious. If you no longer consider the value of what you have as this temple is dedicated, forget all the cattle, forget all the sheep. 
What I'm looking for is a driven dedication from each of you. But if you don't, Solomon, you tell the people that I will withdraw my presence and they will suffer at the hand of other armies, of other nations, and that will be it. You know, when I think about, wow, God bless America, I think about we say that and we really mean it. But can I tell you something? Had it not been, and if it were not for the blessing of God right now on those that are remaining faithful, not America, the government, but for those that are remaining faithful to pray for our nation, to stand for the right principles of Almighty God, God would have already withdrawn His presence from this land that we call the land of the free. Why? Because Proverbs 14.34 says this, righteousness exalts a nation. Right living, doing the disciplines that you know you should do, turning down temptation not to follow through. He said, sin is a reproach to any people. So righteousness and the power of darkness cannot reside together. It's amazing. General Omar Bailey, Bradley, he was the first uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was an army general. This is what he said. He said, and this is a number of years ago, America today is running on the momentum of a godly ancestry. And when that momentum runs down, God help America. And from my perspective, Sunday morning in the service, the message will be identifying the culture in which we live today and pointing that out to you and say, buddy, here is that pool of ungodly culture on the church and on Christians today. And if we do not, number one, identify it, and number two, do something about it through the power of prayer, we're going to say, hey, God, you have taken your hand off America. Bradley also said, and I share with you, we have grasped the mystery of the Adam and rejected the Sermon on the Mount. How do you feel about that? He said, the world has achieved brilliance without conscience, and ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. The only thing, friend, it's not another peace treaty. It's not another covenant. Here's what it is. If my people, which are called by my name, will in fact turn from their wicked way, God says, I will take care of that problem. The method and what we're supposed to do is plain and simple. Do you remember Patrick Henry? How many remember him? May I see your hand? There he is, one of the Henry boys. He said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, remember? Jesus greater than religion, not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. On the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, there, is, there are no shortcuts there is no way to get God to move. If my people, which are called by my name, what is he saying? We say, oh God, send revival. And the Lord says, go ahead. 
You do what you're supposed to do in the proper spiritual disciplines. That's one of the things that God laid on our heart months ago about Grow Track. We came to the realization that we have a lot of people and we came out of a generation of people that got involved with what they saw, got involved with seeing the move of the Holy Spirit, got involved with the tingle that often takes place, but they were weak as water when it came to biblical knowledge. Weak as water when they began to understand what does the Bible say? Why don't you do that? Well, I don't know why I don't do it. And you see, ignorance is a killer. So that's one of the reasons we do grow track, that we teach people the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we understand what that means. So everything, everything that we see today is taking us to a place that causes us to walk away from Almighty God. Here's what Benjamin Franklin said. You remember him. He said, we have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this and also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. What did it take? for us to enjoy the freedom. When the early, early settlers came, and of course Indians, often they'll paint the picture that there was peace and safety. But I studied it a little bit. Can I tell you something that often the children of some of those early settlers were taken away and sacrificed to, to what the gods the Indians served. Many of them died, you know, a, as a result of the cold. And not, I mean, you talk about, I don't know where I'm at. They had no idea, no familiarity with what they're doing. But here's what they did. They had that burning sacrifice to say, surely there is a place that we can establish worship unto God without having the interference of government. And as a result of that, I mean, go ahead and get on the Mayflower. Just go ahead and get on the other ships, the Santa Benita, and get out there and say, boy, when you get on and know you're going to cross an ocean that many thought was flat. What kind of risk was that? So that you and I could say, God bless America. Land that I love. Amen? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the Republic. That took a massive amount of sacrifice. And the church, let me say it again, and the church, and a little yard talk, and the church uh, is the only thing that perpetuates the spiritual moorings of how our nation was founded, founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't expect, I'm a member of, I've been a member of several civic organizations. Don't expect Kiwanis to do it. Don't expect any of the other, 
others to do it. It is the responsibility of every Christian, every Christian to maintain a set of priorities. And guess when it comes? It comes as we shine in the July 4th holiday to declare, here we are, God, and we are praising you for America, but we are willing to sacrifice and remember that I had cousins that died in World War I, others in World War II, in Vietnam, in the Korean War, all that went on, individuals that paid the price so that flag could wave with pride and honor. And it's nothing that we can allow the enemy to take away from us. But he will do it subtly. He will do it subtly. So subtly. It's unbelievable. God, what is it that you want us to do? Hey, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. He said, there it is. There it is. Don't play games with the blessings that you in fact have. George Washington said, I believe it. He said, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Say amen. Without God and the Bible. Do you know that there are some who look at that and say, he didn't really say that. That was a doctored up statement. May I suggest to you, I believe that he did and every research that I can do, he believed it. You know why? Because when you set out to build a nation and you hardly have a penny to rub together and you're trying to start something and you know across the water is a group of individuals that said, you'll never have your independence. You'll never get away with it. We'll walk right into where you have sailed to and we will take you down and move you aside. It will never happen. And when you're in the fray of saying, God, it must happen. We believe that you gave us a light. You know what you're going to do? You're going to go to the highest source that you can and say the only way we're going to survive is the Word of God because it was as inspirational then as it is today. And we're going to do it through the power of prayer. And the church must make its mind up. Listen, the only hope, hallelujah, for our country is not another march in Washington, but it is for the church to get together and to believe God. God, you are our hope, and we commit to that. We do. Teacher went to her classroom. It was about 15 minutes before the class would start. She caught a bunch of boys over in the corner, huddled up, and they were on their knees in the corner of the room. She said, boys, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? One of them raised his head and shouted back, we're shooting craps. She said, what? We're shooting craps. She replied, well, that's all right. I thought y'all were praying. You say that is so out of sorts, it's unbelievable. But if you try to stand up for your faith, in a culture, listen carefully, in my conversation with someone yesterday, in a culture that is demonically inspired, how dare you say that? Well, wait till Sunday morning. I'll give you enough reason to understand it. That is, did you hear what I said? Satanically inspired. That every idea 
that relates to God and goodness and righteousness. And when that, my friend, becomes free reign in the society in which we live, what's left? Nothing. Nothing. God has already said, don't expect me to come in and, and just take you of one fell swoop. He said, I've already given you the answer to get restoration and revival if my people, if you, if you are not ashamed. How wonderful is that as we under, understand that? Dr. Kennedy, James Kennedy, had several comments that he made and I'll share. He said, in reading over, in order that just to give us an understanding, uh, reading over the Constitution and all of our 50 states, he said, I discovered something which some of you may not know. There is in all 50, without exception, an appeal or a prayer to the Almighty God of the universe. Through all 50 state constitutions, Without exception, there runs this same appeal and reference to God, who is the creator of our liberties and the preserver of our freedoms. In every one of those documents when he read it. That's not an accident. What it says back then, we believed that's important we believe that douglas MacArthur, i may remember him said history fails to record a single precedent in which nations subject to moral decay have not passed into political and economic decline there has been either a spiritual awakening to overcome the moral lapse or progressive deterioration leading to the ultimate or to an ultimate national disaster. He said, Second Chronicles 7.14, if it's avoided, no nation known to man in recorded history has been able to survive very long when you get away from the covenant of that scripture. God said to Solomon, Solomon, buddy, you have a lot going for you, but let me tell you the foundation is not your exquisite leadership. You are wise, there is no doubt about it. But whatever you do, don't you stand proudly before those people. You keep them focused on what really is important and what priorities are important. And let that, let that be the guide. Ronald Reagan said, I believe this blessed land was set apart in a very special way. A country created by men and women who came here not in the search of gold, but in the search of God. And they would be free people living under the law with faith in their maker and their future. And he went on, our liberty springs from and depends upon 
and abiding faith in God. We believe that, don't we? We believe that, don't we? So here we are tonight. We understand that at 9 o'clock, it's going to be huge fireworks. We understand that all through the nation, I heard some of the staff today said, I went down and I bought my fireworks. It's wonderful. We're gathered here tonight. As simple as we are, but filled with faith to say to the enemy through prayer, you're not hiding from us. And you're not going to cause us to become discouraged and to be detoured. We're going to honor God. Edmund Burke said he was a member of the British Parliament. He said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. We, in whatever way God deems necessary, we're going to remember tomorrow and we see the flag and in all the celebration that, hey, God, please keep your hand on my nation and lord let there be a ribbon of hope of christian love when my grandkids and great grandkids reach the age of maturity don't let me become apathetic and squander the privilege that i have but lord let me stand for truth and justice through prayer for our nation so that my future generations will know who Jesus Christ is. Amen? Let's give the Lord a clap offering, would you? We're going to take about uh, 10 minutes or so and uh, just pray and pray personal prayers. And uh, we'll, we'll, we get that done. It's going to be somewhere around, I don't know, eight minutes maybe. Uh, and we're just going to take time to do that and just pray. I mean, I have, I have a lot of needs that are people that I know, several fighting cancer and others who are on the ropes as far as, you know, divorce is concerned, others that are financially, they can't seem to get ahead, other individuals that, that you know, boy, your heart bleeds, the people that you give a good effort, spend a lot of time on and to encourage them and minister to them. And, and then they get, and when they're in need, always this is the truth, when they're in need, they need you and they need Victory Church. But when they're past the storm, it's like, okay, uh, I haven't seen you in a month. You know, how many of you know that a little bit of righteous indignation could rise up and you can say, well, you get what you deserve, you know. But listen to me, friend, that's not what we do, do we? We pray and we believe that the God of our Father, our Heavenly Father, if we pray for them, they'll come around. Amen? So let's take time. Just You can get up and walk. You can kneel. You can sit there. You can come in the altar. And let's take about eight minutes and just in your own personal prayer. Can we do that? Here we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Father God, we come before you in fear and in trembling. We humble ourselves before the Almighty God. Lord, we know that you are the God that hears and answers prayer. You are the one that hears the cries of your children, and you respond. Tonight, Father, we want to lift up families, families in our church, our neighbor families, Father God, our, the families of our, our friends and our relatives, families in other churches across this nation. Father, we know that families are the foundation that you use to show godly models. So, Lord, I pray now for the families in our church. Lord, I pray that the husbands would be godly models. They would be an example of Christ. Father, they would love unconditionally and be a model of the grace and the mercy of God. That, that the wives would be such an example of, of giving and ministering and encouraging. Lord, that the children would see that, that the seeds would be planted in their life, Father God. And we know that when seeds are planted, that there's a harvest. Father, that the children would be raised up to hear and know and serve you with all of their hearts. Father, I thank you that you are the God of reconciliation. You sent Jesus to show us that. So in those families, Father God, where there's a struggle, where there's a break, Father, where there's resentment, we pray for that spirit of reconciliation. We know that we have the ability to pray and tear down strongholds through divine power that you have given to us. So we come against those strongholds of rebellion. We come against those strongholds, Father God, of resistance, of, of unlove. And in Jesus' name, we tear them down. Father, we pray for that spirit of reconciliation. Holy Spirit, come now. Restore, make whole the family unit, Father God. And Lord, for that next generation, those children that are being raised up, raise up godly leaders. Father, those that would be on fire for you, that would serve you with all of their heart, that would bring honor and glory to you. So Father, as, as we pray tonight, as we humble ourselves, we know that you hear and that you answer. So we thank you and we give you praise and honor and glory in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we come before you this Independence Eve as believers in Christ and ambassadors of your kingdom. You said in your word that first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. So we agree together that you would anoint Donald Trump for your purpose. Grant him the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Samson, a tender heart of a father, the warrior's heart of David, and the discernment of a prophet. May the eyes of his understanding be enlightened. Thank you that he listens to godly counsel. We ask that a hedge of protection be placed around our president, 
his family, and this nation. Thank you for our godly vice president, Mike Pence. Give our president the ability to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, Isaiah 45.1. We pray that your favor goes with him wherever he goes. We pray that every curse, vex, or incantation aimed at our nation or our president be broken off and cast to the ground. Confuse our enemies. Remove any evil from his administration. Expose every plot to overthrow our government and president. We ask that you remove any evil politicians from our government this election. Take their hearts of stone and replace them with a heart of flesh. Remove the veil from their eyes. We lift up our godly senators and representatives, and we ask that you give them boldness and a backbone. Silence the special interest groups that are trying to change this nation into a socialist nation. Dry up their resources. Lift the deception off this nation. Let the judges of this nation be fair and just. Stop them from legislating from the bench. Appoint judges with your values. May we return to our God-given constitution. We ask that ungodly laws be overturned. Forgive our nation for allowing the shedding of innocent blood. Overturn Roe v. Wade. Protect our borders and all that have deployed to protect them. Protect our military at home and abroad. We ask for your hand of protection over our city, state, and county leaders. Thank you for giving us godly mayors, governors, senators, and representatives. Thank you for a godly sheriff, Grady Judd. Protect our police and the sheriffs. Awaken your body to the urgency of the hour. Raise up the church to amass a mighty army of prayer warriors to cover this nation with prayer. Send your Holy Spirit afresh on this nation. Your word says, when it looks the darkest, the lightest shines the brightest. Let each one of us be your light in this world. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, God plans to give us a hope and a future. We believe you have great things ahead for this nation to show the world that you are our God. One nation under God. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. We ask this in the name above every name. In Jesus Christ, amen. Father, we come to you in praying for revival in our nation. We're very mindful, Lord God, there's a spirit of heaviness, Lord, that may, many of us have not seen uh, in our lifetimes, Lord. But we know that, God, it's not going to be defeated by a lofty argument or trying to convince somebody we're right and they're wrong. Father God, it's going to have to be that garment of praise that you drape over us. It's going to have to be your power, not our might. So, Father, we are calling down from heaven. You told us we have authority to ask, Lord God, at your throne to open up the heavens, Lord God, to bring your will on earth just as it is in heaven, Lord. And we do that right now, Father God. We believe that you have brought us with you. And so, Lord Jesus, because of you,
We call down all the power of heaven, Lord Jesus, to this earth. And we ask you, God, to open the eyes of the blind, Father God. There are many prodigals out there, Lord Jesus, grandchildren and children, Lord Jesus, who need their lives to be revived. God, bring them back to the fold. An army of individuals, Lord God, who've, who've grown lukewarm, God, and, and Father, need that revival in their life. Bring it to them, Lord Jesus. By your spirit, Father God, change us. Drive us to our knees, Lord God, and may we never forget, Lord Jesus, it is by you, Lord Jesus, we have hope. And the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. So, Father, we finally ask you to send workers into this field. Let Victory Church be a part of that, Lord God. As we head out in that field, Lord God, ripe for harvest, I pray you would anoint us, equip us, and, Lord Jesus, empower us by your Spirit, Lord Jesus, to win the loss to you. And, Father, the eyes of the blind would be open. And that, Father God, people would truly turn to you and from their wicked ways, Lord. And we thank you for it, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, please, and worship and sing this uh, song that we're going to sing? Father, we thank you. Now add your blessing upon David Ott as he prayed, God, for our families. God, we thank you for Terry as she prayed for our nation, with that small prayer group that she has every week praying for our nation's leaders and for Randy. God, it's in revival. We thank you. Now we celebrate and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. We are humbled, but we declare that, God, you are the God who created this universe. It's yours, and we just want to say that we thank you and love you. Sing with us, everybody. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. Greet somebody. Take a few minutes and maybe meet somebody that you don't know and just let them know, wow, it's good to meet you. So would you do that rather than rushing for the door as quickly as you can? You know, so you know, some of you people over here, you don't know any of the people over here. So just walk across the entire auditorium and get to know some of these wonderful people. God bless you, everybody, and God bless America.